girl, what you want? Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, you ready to do this? Yes, I'm ready to do this. You fine as hell. You know that. (laughs) Thank you. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Hope you guys liked the episode last time or last week. We, uh, Me and my girl, Arnika, talked about a lot of funny things, and she talked about her weight loss and her journey with that. So, yeah, hope you guys liked that episode, man. Definitely got a lot of feedback. Arnika, if you're listening, you know, you uh, actually had a couple people reach out to me and said, you know, they started their weight loss journeys because of what you said. So this is the last Monday of March. And I told you guys, I'm gonna keep this train rolling for Women's History Month. And uh, after this, it's gonna be some it's gonna be the fellas for a little while. But that's all right. You know, we're gonna end this one out on a bang. This week, this last Monday of March, Women's History Month, I have my friend, Tamra on. I have known Tam for a little while, probably close to a little less than a year. Now, we talked about um, what we were going to talk about, and she said she wanted to talk about something that was very sensitive. And I made sure I asked her a million times over, was she okay with talking about it? In the last couple of episodes, we talked about weight loss, nutrition, uh, when I had Brandon on, we talked about, you know, how it's 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 OK for men to express emotion. But this time we're going to talk about something. Well, I'm not going to talk about it. Tam is going to talk about it. She is going to talk about her story, overcoming adversity with sexual assault. You ready? You want to do that? You sure you want to talk about this? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I can. First of all, first and foremost. Let me tell you how much I commend you for your bravery to talk about this. Um, They're shameful to say I have very rarely met a woman, whether romantic or platonic, that has not been assaulted sexually. Mm -hmm. Um, I very much so think this is a very important topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it is not talked about enough. And I also think that it is the topic itself is swept under the rug too much. It is. So let me just say that I commend you for wanting to talk about it. And I will let you know right now with this here episode, you're going to be doing most of the talking because I have absolutely (laughs) nothing to contribute to this conversation because I, you know (laughs) me, I, I don't. I always say, like, I'm not a black woman. I'm not a woman. I can't I can't speak there. So as I always say, this is what I got you for. Mm-hmm. So what's up, dog? <laughs> not that much. You know, I just wanted to, you know, get on here and, you know, talk to you a little bit and, you know, just share my story and how I've overcome, you know, sexual assault, you know, how it has, you know, gone through generations in my family and how I myself have just like worked so hard to try to stop that generational curse from occurring in my family. But, mm. you know, I was going to say, I don't even know if I told you this, but like, you know, I'm a product of rape. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. yeah so like my fam- my family dynamic is like really different for a lot of people. It's hard for a lot of people to grasp. And I don't even want to say like, it's not for everybody to know where it's nobody's business, obviously, because if it wasn't, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm okay talking about it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a product of rape. I was raised by my grandmother who was essentially like married to the man that, you know, raped my mother. I was raised in the same house and I knew nothing different because they didn't tell me, you know, I thought my grandmother was my grandmother. I knew obviously my mom was my mom, but I thought that, you know, the man I was calling grandpa, like I thought that he was my, you know, I thought he was my grandfather, but he was really my father. And that, that didn't come out until child until years later i was probably like 11 years old my grandmother 
was hot with him, like, because he just came out and told me. Wait, um, so you mind rewinding that? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, first of all, I didn't know this shit was going to get that deep that fast. That's <laughs> that's number one. Um, number two, um, I guess, could you rewind where you say, you, you said that you essentially, your who you thought was your grandfather was your biological father. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother didn't know that until you were 11. Is that? No. That's what, oh, okay. no, that's no. So that's not what I'm saying. So I didn't know. And so I was 11 years old. Everybody else in the family knew oh, that, okay. except for me. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but it was a secret for me. Like they didn't want to tell me who my real father was. So until I was 11 years old, I was under the impression that this other guy was my father, Um, that my mom you know, coincidentally enough was dealing with around the same time that I was conceived, but he was not my father because obviously, you know, DNA tests and things like that were done to confirm the rape and, you know, they had to have actual evidence to even arrest my father. Um, Did they? They did. And it's, it's so crazy. Like, it's so crazy how it happened because I was in kindergarten when it happened. Wow. Um, I remember this day like yesterday, like I came home from school and I had a key to my house at five years old because my mom didn't live there, but my grandmother was at work and my dad, he slept during the daytime because he worked at night. So I had a key to my house at five years old. So I come in the house and I just remember like all of these like parole officers, like bombarding the house, like pushed me out the way, had somebody sit with me and they went in the back room and they grabbed who I thought was my grandfather, grabbed him up because um, I don't, I'm not sure if people know this or not, but like, you know, when someone rapes another person or molests another person, they cannot have contact with that person especially if they're a minor no, um with that i didn't person, know that yeah they cannot have contact with that person and they cannot have contact with any minors for that matter mm. at all um because they are now considered a registered sex offender or a pedophile mm. so um i guess in that moment i didn't really know what was going on but as i got older i started putting the pieces together mm-hmm um, because people would say things like, um, you know, where's your dad at? And I would be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? So, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe this, maybe, maybe he is, maybe there's just something they're not telling me, but I just waited until it came out. Um, so, so yeah, he, you know, did that to my mom. So I'm a product of rape, but it's the generational thing is that, you know, it also happened to me, mm. um, not once, but multiple times. And, you know, he did that to my mother. And so his brother in turn ended up doing that to me. His brother did. Your, yes. Which your... is, which is my uncle. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, was, um, I was just trying to follow along. Yes. My uncle, which is my dad's. Well, I know he's my dad now. <laughs> his brother ended up doing that to me. Um, and yeah, and then not only that, but I was also molested by another person who was not a family member. So as I said in the beginning, like I, you know, I'm just listening, um, Mm -hmm. shit, man, all of the episodes I'd be like, yeah, I know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This one, ah, man, y'all can't see my face right now, but my jaws on the floor. I had no idea that, you know, Tam had been through this. So where were the adults when all this was going on? So, you know, my grandmother, she, listen, she was, I don't want people to take this out of context, but she was the head of the household. Matriarch. Yes, she she was the matriarch. And so, you know, she worked from 4.30 in the morning until 5 p.m. Mm. Um, so, you know, when she came home, she was asleep. And it's so crazy because that did not start happening to me until I was probably about seven or eight years old. Mm. Um, And actually, my uncle, he came to live with us. For the life of me, I don't understand why my dad would allow that to happen. And I say that because my uncle already had a history. Mm. 
And so now me being an adult, I'm like, if I know somebody already has a track record for that, why I, I like I would not allow them to come and live in my house knowing that I have children here. Well, you know, <clears throat> I've heard of stories um, of this happening and uh, oftentimes it's always the adults have dropped the ball and uh, not to turn this into a race thing, but speaking for African-Americans, I have heard that this is a very big issue, especially with the generation before us and the generation before them that mm-hmm. um, it, the older folks have ways of saying, oh, you're going to leave him with her or there with whatever. And I've heard this type of stuff happening, heard, Mm -hmm. never experienced it, never seen it. But, you know, as far as how black folks are really have been bad with not saying white people have it, not Mm -hmm. saying other nationalities and cultures haven't, but me and you were black. So that's what we Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about. Right. And at least last time I checked, you know, and uh yes so i've heard that this is an issue man and actually having a conversation with somebody right now that's actually been through it is it's kind of a mind fuck for real it is like they they just i just don't get it and i've even talked to my grandmother about this you know right before she passed away god rest her soul she passed last year mm-hmm. but like you know i've had these conversations with her like what like what was going through your mind what were you thinking and so you know, I'll never forget this. 2016, I was graduating from college. And first of all, a little, you know, backstory that I didn't know from the minute I was born, the odds were stacked against me. Real quick. What school did you go to? I went to Dell State. Oh, the Hornets. (laughs) Oh, man. Nation all day. Uh, it's always a uh, it's always a good time when you're having somebody a, a fellow HBCU alumnus. Yes, <laughs> yes, I wouldn't have it any other way. So you were saying that uh, you were having a conversation with your grandmother. Yes, and she was telling me, you know, since well, actually, no, I overheard a conversation she was having with her brother. Yeah. Um, saying that you know I'm so proud of her because you know from the minute she was born. Um, you know, odds have been stacked against her. People used to go to my grandmother and tell her to her face. And I don't even understand how somebody can do this, but would tell her to her face, you know, she's not going to grow up to be anything. She's going to get pregnant at a young age. She's not going to graduate from high school. She's not going to go to college. She is going to live in poverty. Like they used to tell my grandmother these things. And I was like sitting there listening to the conversation, like, wow, are you serious? Wow. That's heavy. Like her friends told her that to her face. My I, my mom even had her own friends tell her that to her face. Was that, do you think it was mm. kind of like how you were conceived or what was up with that? Like why everybody was putting that target on your back? I think that it was the way that I was conceived. I think that it had to do with a lot of the drama that was going on in the family and just information that people knew about my family. Because like a lot of the people in my family, they did, they have not graduated high school, mm. um, especially on my grandmother's side. Um, one of my grandmother's brothers, what he was the first in our family to get his master's degree. Because mm. didn't you tell me your, your grandmother was writing a book before her transition or? Yes, she was. And I actually just found that book, actually. Oh. I just found it and it's like, you know, talking about her the entirety of her life. And then she ended up, you know, breaking that generational curse of, you know, people in our family not completing school. And she actually ended up getting her PhD 29 days before she died. Wow. Now yeah. that would uh, what we would call a lasting legacy. That's dope. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, she was very proud of me, but I was very proud of her. And, um, you know, I was the second person in my family to obtain a degree on my maternal side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, the year after, ended up getting her associates, her bachelor's, her master's, and then her PhD. She completed her PhD in six months. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I mean, talk about being able to do what people tell you that you cannot do. Like she was determined to get her PhD. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, back to what we were talking about, um, mm-hmm. you know, the sexual assault, like I was telling you, you know, my dad, I just don't understand how my dad and even my grandmother, because they were married at the time, allowed my uncle to come live with us. Did they ever give an explanation or no? Um, he didn't, but it's it's so funny. And and like going back to what you said about you know, adults dropping the ball. My dad would even ask me questions like there after like my, my uncle came to live with us. He would even ask me, you know, like, is anybody touching you inappropriately? I don't know if it was just his own guilty conscience because of what he had done or if it was because he already knew that his brother had a track record. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but very he, good you question. know, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, dad, like you had some, you had some sense of something was going on. And so, you know, at the time, like he was asking me, like, you know, is anybody touching you inappropriately? And, you know, of course, as a, as a kid, I didn't want to get anyone in trouble. You know, I, at a point was afraid to even talk to my parents about anything related to sex, because I thought that I was going to get in trouble, which is something that I'm going to get into later about parents being able to have these conversations with their children. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, like, but you bring up a good point though, because this happened to you when you were a little girl. Mm-hmm. Right? I was probably like seven or eight years old. And you say you were afraid to say something. Mm-hmm. And I've heard stories that that's the word of the day heard, at least on my end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, hell man i've even had women tell me stories in confidence that you know they have been as grown women you know adults they've Mm -hmm. been raped sexually assaulted and the guy that did it to them is still walking free and i don't ever ask this question but they unsolicitedly answer it if you catch my drift they Mm -hmm. say well you know i was afraid to say something you know and I, I oftentimes see these women who who have gone through this, you know, get scrutinized. Well, why wouldn't you say something? And this, that, and the third, and blah, 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 blah. And again, it's just the same abstraction I always say. You cannot speak on something that you haven't experienced. Right. You know? and, yeah. And even if you have, as a woman, experienced sexual assault, in my opinion, and you had the bravery to say something that doesn't necessarily negate someone else's character on why they wouldn't say something. Right. Well, much like your friend who confided in you and told mm-hmm. you about that inconfidence, it, this all came out because at the time I was best friends with the girl I was going to school with. And I ended up telling her and her brother what happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was confident in sharing my story with people who were my age, but not with adults, because there's that that power of authority over you. Right. And you're this little person living in this big world. Right. And people have the power to tell you what to do, what to say, how to do it, how not to do it. And the minute you open your mouth, you know, it's either you're a liar or you need to stay in a child's place or no, that didn't happen or uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I know for, I know yeah. for me, like that was, <laughs> yeah. I know for me, that was the thing. Oh, stay in a child's place, which was very hard for me because, you know, number one, I grew up practically as an only child and an only grandchild at that time and only great grandchild at that time. So I was around a lot of adults. Mind you, I do have older siblings, but those siblings were on my father's side. Right. So they were much older than me. They were grown by the time I was even born. Considering how old your biological father is. Yes. Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's 66 and my oldest sister is 50. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. You know, I remember the first time we had went out, I remember we went to that taco festival in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we were sitting at that bar and you were telling me, you know, your mom is not that much older than you. Mm-hmm. And um, your grandmother is not that much older than your mother. And Correct. I remember you said that you were one of the, if not first woman to make it and your family passed, what, 15, 16 years old without a child. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying I just remember that that conversation. Yeah. 
And now yes. it's kind of all like the dots are kind of connecting now. Yes. And at the time, I didn't even like, obviously, growing up, I didn't realize what was happening. But, you know, I just... <laughs> I just remember so many things like now and I'm like, wow, like that's so crazy how I'm putting that together now. But as a child, I was not putting those things together. Um, but my grandmother had my mom when she was 17. Right. Um, my grandmother has two other sisters. They they were literally all pregnant at the same time. And, um, and I, let me just say this real quick, just because I just mm-hmm. thought about something. Because we're talking about this now, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure you can agree, just because someone does have a child at a young age does not mean they cannot make it. Correct. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I don't want people to. Yeah, it's a disclaimer. <laughs> I don't want people to think like, oh, I had a child at 15, 16. I don't give a shit when you had one. Everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no. you can mm-hmm. make it. You that's that's what this podcast is about to tell Absolutely. people about like, OK, this may have happened to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I don't want anybody listening to think that you know, damn, well, she made it at 30 without a kid. I didn't. And it doesn't matter. Like, right. It doesn't. Because I mean, I have plenty of friends and I know plenty of people, you know, who were teenage moms and they are very successful. Right. So disclaimer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just thought about that. I'm like, damn, that kind of sounds fucked up. But but I'm like, you know, me being a happy go lucky person I am. That's not how I meant Mm -hmm. it. Right. But I mean, then like, again, going back to what I was telling you about my grandmother, like, getting her PhD. Like she had her first child at 17. Okay. Right, right. But grandma got that PhD, honey. That's all that matters. Right. <laughs> and I always tell people when I'm telling my story, I'm like, you know, it's not about where you come from. Mm-hmm. It's about where you're going in life. Right. Um, Because I mean, you have kids out here, you know, who have never known their parents who never really had anybody. Right. And some of the most successful people in the world like my boy brandon that i had on mm-hmm. the second episode you know he talked mm-hmm. about you know he would basically grew up an orphan you know mm-hmm. what i mean yes and mm-hmm. this dude is yeah he's, he's doing it and then you look at people from my background who were mm-hmm. raised in a house with two parents six seven hundred thousand dollar house and a complete fuck ups. Mm-hmm. I know guys that I went to high school with and I took the cheese bus to school. You know what I mean? Like I never mm-hmm. wanted for anything growing up, you know, and I just am blessed that God put me in situations for me to wake up to realize, hey, look, you're one of the fortunate ones for you to come from the background that you come from. Don't waste it. But I know people yeah. who grew up like I did. I, I knew a kid named. Well, I'm damn. I was about to put his whole government out. there, <laughs> But I grew up with a kid named Michael. Right. Mm-hmm. Lived down the street. Both his parents, military, nice ass house, caught, you know what I mean? If he missed the bus, his parents drove them in one of their $100,000 cars to school. Mm-hmm. And yo, I saw this dude a couple months ago and I pull up to a red light and I just see him. This dude walks up to my window and he's, man, you got some change, you got some change. And I looked at him. I was wow. like, Damn, he looked familiar. Didn't even recognize him. And then I said, yo, is your name Michael? He was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I said his last name. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah. And he looked at me. He was like, yo, what's up, Spence? Da, 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 da. I don't know how he got there. Mm-hmm. It's none of my business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I gave him a couple of dollars. I had it on me. But it's just a testament for what you said. It's not about mm-hmm. where you come from. Because look at you. You know what I'm saying? You sitting in that damn Lamborghini right now as we have this conversation. <laughs> you know hey, ta- hey, no let me drive her car one time. Yo, we were, I'll never forget it. We was at the, yeah, I'm going to tell this. We was at the MGM. <laughs> we was at the MGM. And she was like, hey, can you drive my car? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I got in this motherfucker. I ain't going to tell y'all what kind of car she got, but it's nice. You know what I mean? Stop. I said, damn, this is nice as a muff. If I wasn't who I was, I'd have drove off with that bitch. I ain't even going to lie to you. <laughs> You mean, See, you, I'm so glad you didn't take my car. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You know, I, my, Mama Ray Spence, right? But you was about to be fucking with this, <laughs> fucking with me. Um, I'm done. Nah, you know, and you bought your first. You bought your house at what? 26, 27? Seven. 27. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, my bad. That was just I had to just cite you for a second, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a mess. Mm-hmm. You are a mess. I, I know. That. That's but fine. Yeah. <laughs> But again, you know, 
coming from where I come from and the family that I come from, yes, I was I was actually the second person in my family to buy a home. Right. And not only to buy a home, um, but I, I did it independently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't need anyone to help me at that time, which I'm very blessed to say that because a lot of people can't say that. But I always tell people, like, listen, if I did it, if I'm doing it, you can do it, too. You right. can do better than what I'm doing. Right. You know, and um, people always it's, it's crazy because in school, I actually used to, like, you know, get bullied and stuff like that. And I used to even tell people my story about sexual assault, even in school. Because I wasn't embarrassed about it. I wanted to inform people about it. And, um, you know, I got bullied by those same people in school. And, you know, today, these people think that I'm, like, rich. And I'm like, honey, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) I'm blessed. (laughs) I'm very, very blessed. But I'm I'm not where I want to be. But I know that I could have been somewhere else. (laughs) Right. Where's where the you know, old old church say I ain't where I want to be, but thank God I ain't where I used to be. Right, exactly. That's exactly. what this podcast should have been called. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. But now you said you were going to touch on something. Um yes. So I want to touch on, you know, conversations, being able to have conversations about sex and you know, you know, touch and feelings, things of the like you know, with our children. Um, and I want to start off by saying this might be a little bit, you know, much for you. Hey, man, <laughs> fuck it. We grown. We grown. <laughs> we grown. First of all, when I was growing up, I was a tomboy. I know some people probably won't believe that, but, you know, I wore sweatpants and wore my sneakers and played basketball all day. And I climbed trees. I did not. I was not into hair. I was not into makeup. <laughs> none of that. Like, for real. Like, that's yeah. what I did. And so because I was exposed to sex at such a young age um, and it not really fully being explained to me, you know, I, and also being raped and molested, these men were getting me to do things. And because I was doing those things at such an early age, like I said, my uncle, he started molesting me at the age of eight years old. Now he's doing this to me. I'm thinking it's, a, it's, it's. I know it's not okay because it's my uncle, but I'm like, okay, my body is responding to it like a certain way. And I'm like, okay, now I'm like, all right, when, when this isn't happening to me now, I'm trying to fulfill, like fulfill this. Mm -hmm. I remember one night I was doing that. And the next day, like I started bleeding, like I, I promise you, (laughs) I thought that I had messed something up up there because my grandmother never talked to me. Like no one had ever talked to me about having a period. You know, I am a tomboy. Now I'm bleeding. Now I got to tell my grandmother, like I'm about to get an ass whooping because I'm bleeding now. Like, so I was afraid to go to her and tell her. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm bleeding because I didn't know what it was. Um, and you know, I remember crying my eyes out and her explaining to me, you know, it's okay. Like you, you started your period. I was nine years old. Mm. Nine mm-hmm. years old when I started my period. Most girls start their period when they hit double digits. <laughs> no, man, I had a um, I think I told you this story. I'm not sure, but this is when I was teaching for a little bit and mm-hmm. I was teaching um fifth grade history. Mm-hmm. Of course, history. Um, and this little girl named Michaela, she goes, Mr. Brian, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. But she was being weird about it. You know, so I walked over there and her seat, her her desk was farther back in the classroom. I said, yeah, honey, what's up? And she was like, I gotta go to the bathroom, but I think I already went on myself. Mm-hmm. I said, ah, oh, shit, all right. Mm-hmm. So I saw before she got up, the, the chair was dripping with, with blood. Mm-hmm. I'm a dude, man. I don't got no, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, shit. So I was just like, and I so she stood up and of course poor little girl had been wearing white capri pants that day oh no so i was like fuck so the first thing i thought about was damn i know how kids how mean kids can be i said if anybody sees this shit she is never gonna live this down as far as the kids go Mm -hmm. she was like i think i don't know why she she didn't know you know Mm -hmm. and I always have a I always have a this dumbass saying that I say I don't have to break a leg. You probably heard me say this shit. I don't have to break a leg to know that it hurts. 
Like, all right, right. I don't have kids. I don't have a daughter, but this little girl is 10 years old. Why does she think she's going to the bathroom and not what this really is at 10? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But okay, I can't think about that shit right now. I got to act. So what I ended up doing was I said, all right, hold on. Stay right there. So I went in the closet, got my jacket and like told her to wrap it around herself. Mm-hmm. She sat back down and I hauled ass to the nurse's room or whatever. And it was the nurse and another female teacher in there. And mm-hmm. I told him what was going on or whatever. And so they said, okay, okay. So we walk, I casually, you know, walk smoothly back in the classroom. Like, you know what I mean? Kids don't, kids still don't know what's going on. Right. And so I said, all right, y'all turn the pet. This is what we're going to talk about. And so basically I was trying to distract the little ones. So the nurse and the other teacher could sneak her out the classroom. Right. And that was the only way I knew how to deal with that because I didn't want her being And the irony behind this is like, this was an elementary school that I used to go to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. How fucking poetic is that? So, right. <laughs> um, I ended up, you know, the kids didn't see it and I ended up uh, cleaning off the, 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 uh, the chair. So her mother, the little girl's mom ended up like hitting me up later that day and was like, yo, I'm so glad, you know, I'm great. I appreciate you what you did and da 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 whatever that whatever blah 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 and she goes uh and she sounded really young on the phone right mm-hmm. and i said yes ma'am no problem da, da, da. she was like yeah you know i gotta have this talk with her da, da, da. but nobody had this talk with me so i don't know how to have to talk with her mm-hmm. see what i'm saying see where i'm getting with it so mm-hmm. she had ended the little girl was 10 right wow mm-hmm. you want to know how old her mother was she has said, yeah, you know, that I was going to have a talk with her, whatever. And, you know, I'm going to have that talk with her tonight. I was supposed to go celebrate my birthday because I can legally drink now. Right. What? She was 21. Oh, and the girl my was gosh. 10. Oh, right. my God. So me being me, I said, oh, OK, yeah, man. You know, God, God, take care of the little ones. You know what I'm saying? Have that talk first and then you go ahead and do what you got to do. I didn't mm-hmm. go, what? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, what the fuck? I don't know what happened with them. So the, the p- whole point in saying this is, is like you were dealing with this when you were a little girl. You're an mm-hmm. adult now. Yes. When you meet other adults, you have no idea what they've been through, what they had to deal with as children. You right. know what I mean? And when you talking about all this, I'm like, damn, like, yeah, that really. And I haven't thought about that. That shit happened 10 years, damn near 10 years ago. At least the story wow. I just said. But you saying all this, it makes me think, damn, like, yeah, some adults be fucking up, but they don't know they fucking up. You know what I mean? Right. You. So I always tell people this. You don't know what you don't know until you realize that you don't know. Yeah. 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 So my grandmother, I just know that she tried to raise me to the best of her ability, the best way that she knew how. Right. Um, especially being, you know, the oldest sister in her, you know, among her siblings. She took care of her entire family. She raised all of her siblings. Right. Aside from two mm. that were older than her. She raised every single one of them. So, you know, in according to her and what she has, you know, expressed to me, my great grandmother was not in the home much because she was working. So while she was working, my grandmother, her daughter was taking care of the other kids. Um, But it just goes to show you how, you know, things get passed down through generations. Every day I thank God. I'm like, God, I'm so glad you did not allow this to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it and what I mean by allow this to happen to me didn't allow me to conceive a child by some, you know, with someone or by someone who raped me. Yeah, right. Because I don't I don't know how to deal with that. I'm going to tell you right now. I yeah. don't like and I know for my grandmother that had to be very hard yeah. for her to raise a child that she knew was not hers, but yeah. was conceived by her daughter and her husband and yeah. is her granddaughter. And she has to look at me every single day as a reminder of that. Yeah, that's that's some shit to unpack, man. Um, like, yeah, 
Yeah. You know me. I usually be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I ain't got shit for that. You know what I mean? I <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know. Um, yeah, like... I guess, of course, you're the victim in this, you know, mm-hmm. of course. But I guess after you explaining that, I didn't think about how, damn, like her grandmother sort of was a victim in this, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah, indeed. Because now, like, shit, I got to deal with this trifling ass dude who was my husband that raped my daughter. And now this is my stepdaughter, but granddaughter at the same time. And then you got to look yes. at your mom, who was a hilarious woman, by the way. <laughs> um, Her mom is funny, just funny as shit. Uh, and then you got to look at her for what she had to deal with. You know what I mean? And it's it, and I think... Mm-hmm. When situate like in this specific situation, when you talk about you know your grandmother, um, you know she did the best she could. There's no rule book for this, like there's no absolutely not. Yeah, there's no guidebook. Like if you want to go pay your taxes, there's a set way to do that. If you wanna, right. if you wanna go build a shed, there's a set way. There's instructions you have to follow. Right. With this, it's it's like damn, you know. There is no hmm. right or wrong way, like there's no there's nothing (laughs) so would you say like or i guess um, the question is like how is for what happened as a child you know had an impact on like friendships um relationships whether romantic platonic or whatever would you say like i guess that plays a role in it or um so i think for me being exposed to you know sex at such an early age and you know being molested and raped it ultimately at some point affected me in relationships because i did not really know how a functional relationship was supposed to look like mm. yeah um not only that but having those sexual feelings within my body at such an early age, you know, at some point I became, you know, promiscuous. Mm-hmm. I wanted sex. It was like, I craved it. Yeah. You know, and, and I couldn't understand why. And I would even sometimes think to myself, like, even after, you know, finding out that my, you know, dad did this to my mom and, you know, then my uncle did it to me. Like I used to freak out in my head, like, oh my gosh, am I going to do this to somebody because somebody did this to me? Like I used to literally like freak out about it and and really like have those thoughts. Like I could never do this to somebody. Like it, it used to scare me. Yeah. I, um, I think you've heard me say this before and like, it's a very controversial opinion I have mm-hmm. <laughs> about this. And if you have not brace yourself, um, I and I had a conversation with my old profession, uh, another officer that I used to work with me and him kind of had this talk. Um, I believe in some aspects, sexual assault is worse than murder. Oh, indeed. Because some people have been like, what? And I'm like, well, that's why I say some aspects um, in in a, in certain cases, murder can be justified. It can be defendable. It can make sense. Oh, okay. All right. You you can someone can be killed, and depending on what the circumstances are about around that murder, let's say self-defense, mostly self-defense. It's uh-huh. like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, yeah, I would have done, yeah, I get it. Whatever. You can convince a group of people, okay, that makes sense. But when it comes to rape, sexual assault, molestation, pedophilia, mm-hmm. in my mind. There's absolutely nothing <laughs> that can justify that. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You can get put on trial for rape and all this other shit. You can have a defense attorney. All right, whatever. To me, there's nothing that can justify rape. And I'm going to go a step further and say, and I'm, you know me, I'm a very open-minded person. I mm-hmm. love having debates. Yes. I can see both sides of an argument or, or an abstraction. But with me saying that rape is worse than murder in some aspects, if someone disagrees with me on that, you're a potential fucking rapist. Like, that's all I'm saying, because it's like that is it's it's there's nothing. But you did use the word sometimes. Some aspects. Let's just simplify it even more. If murder is in cases of self-defense, rape is worse than that, because. You know what I mean? It's to, to, to just more simplified in, 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 I guess, more layman terms. 
before I was in law enforcement for the federal agency that I, that I worked for, I went on a ride along with, I think it was PG County police. I was like 23 and they had went on a call where a woman had just got raped. Oh my gosh. The look on her face. I'll never forget the shit. So she had to deal with what just happened. You you can't defend that. Like in, in my opinion, you, you can't have someone be raped or held against their will, sexually assaulted and go, Oh, well I did it because of this. And if there's right. somebody who goes, Oh, well, like you hear these people, who say, oh, well, what was she wearing? Oh, well, what did she do? Or what did... Di- it doesn't what? matter. Like, doesn't <laughs> you know what like, I mean? It, it does not matter. You know, my last profession, you know, I worked in the federal building. So people of all walks of life, children, adults, black, white, Hispanic, mm-hmm. they, whatever, walk in there. And, you know, I used to work with a group of men who would know that this child is 14 15 years old hell probably even younger right and they would say oh well she's gonna be bad when she grow up yeah see that's not okay i death to them motherfuckers dog like (laughs) okay you know And, and this is going to i'm gonna piggyback off of that really quickly because when you have become a victim of sexual assault it's like you are yearning after that you yearn for something mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't you don't necessarily know what it is but you know when you find it yeah and so naturally if you have if if someone and this may not be everyone but you know if someone has been sexually assaulted by someone who is older to them that can either one traumatize them or make them attracted to that yeah, I've heard of that. Can't speak to it in, in an experience aspect, but I have heard of that happening. Right. So, like, for me, those those things happen to me from older guys. Mm-hmm. And although their intent was to make me feel good, quote unquote, I'm yeah. still a child. Right. But that affected me in the aspect of and I you know, I think I had this conversation with you before, like, dad, like, I think that's why I like older men because of that. And I never, I never put two and two together. Yeah. You know, I would always say, oh, well, well, older men are, are more mature. That's not necessarily true. (laughs) No, it is not. (laughs) You know, that's not necessarily true. And I will, and I will always say that. And until, you know, recently I kind of put two and two together, like, wow, like that's mad crazy. Like that's mad wild. I mean, you have so many things like that that can happen. Not so much kind of getting away from like this, but it's mm-hmm. like growing up, you have certain things that mm-hmm. you can happen, you know, that'll happen as a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you find yourself doing things as an adult because of a direct reflection from something that happened as a child. Like perfect example, like I used to, I'm not here anymore, thank God, but I used to seek validation all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. uh, from women, mostly. And Mm -hmm. it's not that I craved sex. It's not that I craved any type of physical thing. I just wanted, I craved acceptance Mm -hmm. from women. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That like, it's not that, okay, damn, I ain't getting no ass, but it's a matter of, damn, well, you know, she's not attracted to me. So what's wrong with me? Until my therapist pointed out something that like made me look at shit completely differently. And long story short, short story shorter, it's because I always craved popularity in school, which I never was. Understandable. Right. So as a a kid, I was never like in school, like I was never, you know, I was I was just there. I just existed. No one even knew I was there. You know, I think I, I remember as a kid, I was riding my bike. I fell off, busted my face on the pavement, was out of school for a week. Mm-hmm. And I came back to class and ain't nobody go, damn, where you been? Everybody was like, what's up, Smith? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, damn, like, fuck, you right? know? Like, like, y'all didn't miss me? Y'all ain't know okay. I was going? You know what I mean? Right. So I didn't realize how much that affected me until I got older. And here I am craving acceptance from people, but it's because of something that happened when right. I was a kid but that is why right. things like therapy is important because yes you have licensed professional th- people yeah you can vent like we, we're having this conversation now you know you're right. telling me about your story you know about mine all right that's cool but 
me we're not trained professionals therapy is a science you know what i mean these people are trained to like break down and diagnose shit in you that you didn't even know it's not you know you you go to the gym you know you work out mm-hmm. and you shit is aching that you didn't even know was there <laughs> like you didn't even know that muscle existed <laughs> yeah. like right. therapists can break shit down that you didn't even know like God damn like that's why i do that shit you know what i mean right. and da, 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 da. so yeah and but i remember you told me you were in therapy for this type of stuff right Yes. Um, so once, you know, everything came out, which it all came out because I told my best friend at the time, my grandmother, she immediately put me in therapy. I saw the therapist probably for a year and then she resigned and I didn't want to see anybody else because I trusted that person. But um, recently, like right before I bought my home, I started seeing a therapist again because I was like, like something has to give because like I was just, I was going crazy in my head. Like, I was like, I have to talk to somebody and I need that somebody to not be biased because my, you know, my uncle, he's, he's a counselor, but I'm like, I can't talk to him because he's in my family. Like he's going to have a biased opinion about everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, you know, I decided to go, you know, seek therapy. And because I decided to do that now, my mom, she's in therapy. Oh man. Good for my Dukes. Yes. So you know, again, going back to, you know, breaking those generational curses, you know, people will start to do what they see. Mm-hmm. And if they see a change in you when you're, you know, when you're trying to help yourself, they're going to eventually follow suit. I had been telling my mom for years, you know, like, mom, like, go to therapy, go to therapy, because although her and I have experienced the same thing, you know, rape and molestation, I did not bear a child from that. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So that's something that I cannot help her with. You know what I mean? So if you don't mind me asking, just out of curiosity, how is the relationship between your mom and your biological father? I mean, their relationship is okay. Ironically enough, my mom helps me take care of my dad right now. My, my, how the tables always turn. turn. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, that's why it's important to really, you know, be careful what you do and what you say to people out here in this world, because you never know how the tables will turn. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can tell that there is still um, a hate, you know what I mean? There, like it. It, it still exists because I don't think that they have ever talked about it. Wow. Even after all these years. Yes. I don't think they've ever talked about it. And it's crazy because my mom to this day will still call my dad, dad. Wow. All right. Damn. Damn. Like to this day, she still calls him that. Because that's and, what he was to her. Yes. Wild. So, um, you know, there, there's so much I want to get into with this because it's, it's so, so it's many lot, levels. Yeah, it's a lot of shit so that impact. Yes, level, there's a lot, like levels to this. So, yeah. you know, my mom and my grandmother's relationship, though, mm-hmm. was ripped to shreds because my mom felt like my grandmother chose a man over her. Ooh, then there's that. And I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep into that because that's another conversation yeah that's for a part two <laughs> yes um but my my mom always felt like well i feel like you chose a man over me and they didn't have that conversation until recently like right before my grandmother died damn and it's because my mom could not live in the house with us because my dad who i at the time thought was my grandfather quote unquote right they were all living in the house and my mom could not be there because he would get arrested. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so my mom from that time, she bounced around from, you know, shelters to friends, homes to halfway houses. Like it was intense. And I didn't know that as a child, but you know, as I got older, I'm like, wow, okay. I see why now. And even growing up, I used to, you know, asked my grandmother from the time that I probably graduated, like, why did you stay with him? 
And I'm like, and I had to have this conversation. I'm like, I I said, because I'm going to tell you right now, if anybody, and Mm. I mean anybody, I don't care if they're a biological father, stepfather, uncle, brother, cousin, I don't care. I'm going to jail. Yeah. Because that person is going to die. (laughs) Like, did you ever watch um, Greenleaf? Yes, I oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, you already know why yes. I brought that up. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uncle Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a show, but mm-hmm. that is real life. Yes. Um, now we're not gonna get into like the aspects of the church and all that because we know that should be going on in there too. But it's just a matter of you know, in the show, May knew the whole time. She said she didn't, but she knew because mm-hmm like how you said that your father knew about your uncle and his history. Well, mm-hmm. they knew about her brother <laughs> in his history. Exactly. You know what I mean? But she didn't want a bad name on the Greenleaf church or the, the Greenleaf name or whatever. And a lot of this is because of that. From what I understand, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, Oh, I don't want people to think bad about me and this, that, and the third. But the crazy thing is, and again, I'm I'm just speaking from the outside in of what I've seen and what I've witnessed. A lot of adults now we can we can span out of being black now. I mean, this I've heard this shit from white people, black people, whatever, that adults will allow this shit to happen. And they'll not protect the children, mm-hmm. but then wonder why the child is now an adult that don't they don't talk to their parents. That's right. the shit that trips me out. Is like I've heard people. Well, I don't know why she don't this. I don't. Well, you. Ooh, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so to touch on that really quickly, I understand exactly what you're saying. But my grandmother was she. So just to defend my grandmother in her situation, my grandmother was literally stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Right. Because she now had this child that she had to raise well, has to raise at this point. And she, in her mind, not necessarily feeling like she already messed up with her first two, with her, like her own first two kids, because they both have different dads and their, their biological parents were not really in their household. Mm-hmm. So she felt like she had to do everything she had to do in her power to raise me without an absentee father. So with that being said, she was stuck in between a rock and a hard place because my grandmother and I had this conversation with her. She said, I was going to kill your dad. She said I had planned out his whole like everything, how I was going to do it, how I was going to get away with it. But then she looked at me and said, but I had to think about you. She was like, and I did not want you to grow up without a father. So she waited until. A month after I graduated high school and she divorced him and kicked him out of the house because she was like, she's grown now. You got to go. She held on to that for what I'm trying to say is your grandmother held on to that for all for all of what? 17, 18 years. Yes. Damn. And I'm like, sis, like I don't because in my mind, before I understood that, I was like, I don't know whether I should call you strong or weak. Yeah. Before I had that conversation with her. And after I had the conversation with her, I was like, Grandma, you are literally, you are a warrior. Like, yeah. I have nothing else to say to you. Like, sis, you did that because. Yeah. Mm, I think I Tyler Perry I had a movie like that. I think, like, it was something about how the husband had been cheating on her for years. You know, Tyler Perry always makes the men look bad. I mean, I love Tyler Perry as a person, but his content is questionable, but I ain't that's for another conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a movie of where like the matriarch of the family was getting cheated on by her husband for all of these years. And she always mm-hmm. knew it. But the reason why she never divorced him is because she didn't want to break up, I guess, the, the family or whatever. And that's a heavy burden, man. That's a heavy burden. Uh, you know, and and um but your grandmother to hold on to that out of for out of the sake of you for all them years, man, speaks to the testament of the love that she had for you. you yes. Know? So I'm going to ask you something, if you don't mind. I don't. Uh, what would be my 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 go to is always this. There's seven billion people out here. Somebody is going through the same thing or has gone through the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. 
So what would be your, I guess, advice, response for someone going, damn, I've got a crazy family dynamic like Tam does, but I never talked about it. What, what would you say to them? Well, first off, I would say if they're not already getting some sort of counseling, go to counseling because it does help. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, if they have children already or are considering having children, make sure that they have those talks with their children at a very early age. And I'm, I'm talking as early as a child can even talk to get that child to be comfortable talking to them about anything. Because right. what you don't want is for it to continue through the generations. And anyone who is grown or, you know, doesn't have any kids and they have not told their family, tell your family. Like it's it's going to divide some people. You deserve for your story to be heard because your story can ultimately help someone else. Um, whether it be within your own family or someone outside of your family, don't allow that that has happened to you trap you and don't feel like it is your fault. Hmm. Because I have been told to my face by my offenders that it was my fault. Don't allow them to put that guilt on you. It is okay to go talk to someone. What they did to you is not okay. It will never be okay. Please. I mean, I really advise people to, you know, really talk to their kids, really to pay attention to what is going on with their kids. And I'm even talking about smallest things as behavior. If they're dressing different, if they don't, if they don't want to talk at all, if they are, you know, want to, you know, stay in their rooms or, or be isolated, there is something going on with them. Please know that there is something going on with them. You know me, I'm just sitting here listening. I ain't got, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. No, I ain't, I ain't got yeah. nothing for this conversation. I mean, I could get, mm-hmm. so, but no, nah, man, um, Tam, my dear, one last question a lot. In your opinion, and you only know you, you only know your life. Are there any positives that has come out of what you've overcame as far as which we've just talked about for the last hour or so? Yes. So the positive is that I am able to help other people who have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. Um, when I have children someday, I know how to handle them and how to have the conversation with them, you know, about, you know, sex and sexual assault and what's okay and what is not okay. And I know what signs to look for um, if they are going through something. Well, Tam, my darling, as always, you know, I enjoy your presence, whether in person or virtual. But I do appreciate you coming on here and talking about your story. Definitely something different that anybody has ever talked about thus far. Um, Well, thank you for having me. Of course. You know, (laughs) this uh, this this whole podcast project, whatever you want to call it again, you know, um, somebody listening, you're not the only one going through it. And, you know, whether it be a man, whether it be a woman, men and women can potentially be a victim of sexual assault. Um, and like I said, when we first started, unfortunately, there's in, in my case, there's not a woman that I have haven't met that hasn't been a victim of it in some way, shape or form, you know. Um, so I definitely appreciate you speaking up for those you know, who probably are afraid to speak or unfortunately, tragically, who never got a chance to speak on it because we all handle our issues differently, you know? Yes, we do. Uh, So, yeah, man, definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, Only thing I got asked is when you going to let me dry that Lamborghini again? (laughs) Anytime, anytime, because you you took care of her last time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was stunting around. Matter of fact, I was driving in the garage at MGM and I heard some girl go, ooh, who who is that? And I was just like, yeah, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) flexing at somebody else's shit. (laughs) You know what's crazy? Huh. Everybody thinks that this is a man's car. I mean, we not going to talk about it. what type of car it is, but the window. <laughs> I remember when I first met Tammy, when we first hang, hung out, she was like, yeah, I'm outside. I said, all right, bet. I come out. I see this car with smacked out windows. It was raining like shit. 
And she was like, yeah, I'm in the white such and such. I was like, I ain't going up to that shit. Somebody. <laughs> Until she rolled down the window. I was like, oh, this is me. I said, oh, damn, this your ride? Damn. All right. It's so nice, you know. Oh, my gosh. You're so crazy. I know. And that's fine. <laughs> um, Yeah, man. But now I appreciate you coming on next week. Uh, the next couple of weeks, folks, is going to be for the fellas, man. I got my man Lou coming on um, next Monday. I met him for uh, years ago uh, at my old job. Then I got my man Justin coming on after that. Then recently, I got my LB Avery coming on. I might get canceled after that episode. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah, Avery hit me up. We started rapping. Avery was like, yeah, uh, I'll do it. And I was like, damn, I'm probably going to get canceled after that episode. But yeah, dog. <laughs> It's me and Avery. I have seen him from the ground up. That's in a few weeks. So appreciate you, my uh, my darling Tan, for coming on and talking appreciate about this. You too. Of course, man. And uh, <laughs> I am on a winning streak as far as with these episodes go that every episode I've posted thus far, at least one person has hit me up, whether I know them or not, and say, damn, man, you know, that episode helped me out. You know, I was dealing with something similar and blah, 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 blah. So um, not that that has to happen, but it just gives me a little warm, fuzzy feeling. You know what I mean? So, all right, y'all, until next time, thank you for listening to the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Peace and love always. Bye, y'all.